0: When it comes to Return of the Jedi, the collectibles were just as meaningful to fans as the film itself. Seeing the conclusion to the Star Wars trilogy in theaters in 1983 was a momentous occasion. But it was the opportunity to bring home a piece of the galaxy that also resonated with so many children and adults over the past 40 years. The seemingly endless offering of Return of the Jedi memorabilia furthered our love for the franchise... The toys allowed us to continue the story of Luke, Leia, Lando, and Han at home and with our friends. Shirts emblazoned with biker scouts, royal guards, and Ewoks proudly proclaimed our connection to Star Wars, often before we had the vocabulary to properly express ourselves. We brought images to life with our crayons and the Jedi coloring books. The activity books emblazoned with the faces of Jabba, Wicket, and 3 Ripio offered creative crafts and adventures. We made monsters from paper bags and followed a maze through Jabba's palace. We filled in word puzzles and connected the dots to form recognizable heroes and creatures. And we did these activities while taking rancor-sized bites of Luke, the Gamorrean Guard, and other characters from boxes of chocolate, vanilla, and peanut butter Pepperidge Farm cookies. From the posters that hung on our walls, to the belt buckles, hats, jackets, and Halloween costumes we wore, Return of the Jedi has left an indelible mark on our lives. And the mementos we received often connected us to family members, to friends, and to others who have helped shape our lives over the decades. The toys also gave us a fuller appreciation for the film. The action figures introduced us to background characters like the B-Wing pilot and Nikto. And in an era of collect-them-all, they became just as important as the ones that took center stage in the film. They helped to broaden both our understanding of the Star Wars universe and how we acted out the stories that took place in our minds long after the celebration at the Ewok Village had ended on screen. And speaking of the Ewok Village, was there ever a more impressive playset? How many hours did many of us spend setting up our figures around the village? How many times did Han and the heroes get wrapped up by the net trap underneath it? How many times did the boulder on a string wipe out a series of stormtroopers and biker scouts? And how many Ewoks took the wind-up elevator to the second level? How many of us owned the orange and green carded Return of the Jedi figures produced in the mid to late 1990s? At the turn of the century, Hasbro continued Kenner's legacy, releasing Return of the Jedi characters throughout the next 20 years in various action figure lines. And the ones produced for the Vintage Collection and the Six-Inch Scale Black Series are some of the most screen-accurate and detailed examples in toy form. The HasLab Sail Barge, a crowd-funded project created by Hasbro in 2018, has become one of the most prized collectibles from Return of the Jedi. The ship was something Kenner never released, and helped Jedi fans bring home a long-awaited item, one they could share with their children and a new generation of Star Wars fans. So what is it like to bring home a piece of the galaxy? What does it mean to Star Wars fans like you and me? This is a collection of stories from our friends and fellow collectors as they reflect on the figures and collectibles that defined the Star Wars experience. This is a celebration of 40 years of Return of the Jedi. And this is Star Wars Prototypes And production...
1: From Coruscant to Tatooine and every planet in between, Star Wars, prototypes and production with your host, David Quinn.
2: Vader. It's a trap! Yes, Master.
0: Well, we're to the, the more you tighten your rim, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. I want to learn the
3: ways of the Force and become a Jedi
2: like my father. The Force will be with you.
0: In part one of our celebration of Return of the Jedi's 40th anniversary, our friends and fellow Star Wars fans shared stories about the film and what made it so special and so memorable to them. Listening to our friends' tales was one of the more enjoyable Star Wars-themed experiences in recent memory. Here is a taste of the stories from part one. We got
4: to the car. My mother was extremely angry with us, but mostly my father. Our only the first 20 minutes we promised had turned into the full 2 hours and 11 minutes. I had seen the movie twice before my friends were even out of
5: school. 40 years ago, it was my parents who brought me to watch Return of the Jedi in the very same cinema place in Paris. So it is an evening that I will long remember.
3: I do remember a distinct feeling that you were now seeing the machinery of the marketing in the film
6: in a way you didn't in the first two films. And I had officially seen the entire trilogy in reverse order. To this day, I still don't have a speeder bike, and I never will.
0: And for part two, I wanted to focus on how the figures, toys, and various collectibles impacted Star Wars fans. I asked those within our community to share a story connected to Return of the Jedi memorabilia. And like the previous episode, the stories span generations and decades, but carry the same passion, excitement, humor, and heart. They contain a passion that is infectious, and hearing them in succession will likely pass on that excitement to you, and may give you a fuller appreciation for both the film and its collectibles. So once again, grab your favorite beverage, find a cozy seat in a quiet location, And join me as we hear from our friends as they share stories about the tangible souvenirs from the intangible moments forever connected to Return of the Jedi.
7: Hi, this is Fonz Napolitano. This is my memory of collecting Return of the Jedi figures 40 years ago. I can remember I was in... I don't remember what grade I was in Catholic school, but my best friend to this day, uh, Mark Schlegel, uh, told me that he had been to Kitty City on Erie Boulevard and that they had the new Star Wars figures in. And they were really awesome. And uh, so that day when I went home, I told my mom, I said, there's new Star Wars figures at Kitty City. You've got to take me. So we went to uh, Kitty City on Erie Boulevard in Syracuse, New York, in her Maverick, her red Maverick, uh, that had just been pinstriped, which so it looked pretty cool. Uh, But we went there, and uh, I remember going through the... Uh, so, the, toy, the the Star Wars aisle in Kitty City was the second row of aisles, and I always walked through the party favor aisle to get to the Star Wars toys. Um, and uh, G.I. Joe was on the left, Star Wars was on the right, but on the end cap was the new Return of the Jedi figures, and I remember looking through every peg on that... Uh, on that that end cap and uh, unfortunately I decided on Squidhead but I also decided, I can't remember if it was either Luke Jedi or the Biker Scout. I think it was the Biker Scout but I'm not sure. But those were my first two Return of the Jedi figures I bought uh, from the Kitty City on Erie Boulevard in Syracuse. My second memory of collecting the toys is I can remember, um, my, uh, my Uncle Bobo's girlfriend, and my Uncle Bobo was 30 years old, and he was on his, she eventually became his fourth wife at 30 years old, uh, and I had a little bit of crush on her, and, uh, I wanted my mother to take me to Kitty City, of course, to get, uh, two Emperor Royal Guards, because I wanted two Emperor's Royal Guards, and my grandmother gave me money to buy both of them, so... Uh, She took me in her probably, geez, 81 or 82 white Monte Carlo, which I still think is an awesome car. Uh, She took me to Kitty City to get the two um, Emperor's Royal Guards, and uh, I still have all those figures today. So uh, that's my memory, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks.
8: Hi, this is Jared Clark, and I wanted to share one of my uh, favorite memories um, related to the Kenner Return of the Jedi toys. Um, when I was young, I think about five or six years old, I went to Kmart with my mom and my grandmother, and when we got there, uh, they had told me that they needed to do some shopping for my grandmother's friend whose grandson was having a birthday, and apparently he really liked Star Wars, and they wanted me to help you know, pick some things out. And already having, you know, Star Wars um, figures, I thought, oh, yeah, cool. I can definitely help. And so, you know, we started going through the end cap of action figures and toys. And I remember picking some out and going, oh, no, he, he already has that one. And I said, oh, yeah, but this one's really cool. I think he'll like it. And they're like, yeah, but he has that one, too. And, you know, not really putting two and two together, you know, just kept moving ahead and found some that I thought he would like. Um sort of bummed out though, because at the end of it all, you know, i picked out a whole bunch of great new Return of the Jedi toys that I didn't have any of. So, you know, I asked, is there any way I can get one? And I remember them letting me get a Paploo figure that day. So I was pretty uh, excited about that. Come to find out a couple weeks later at my birthday party, um, when I was opening my gifts, I ended up receiving all of the items I had picked out. So it was actually a big surprise. And, um, you know, one that I, I really look back on with, you know, with a big smile. Um, it was also uh, on that birthday that I remember getting the uh, preschool Ewok um, electric toothbrush from my sister. And for those that know me and my sort of collection nowadays, um, that was pretty significant. So uh, a great, a great year and I actually have some photos from that birthday. So um, always treasure it. Thanks for having me on David. Hi everyone. It's Keith Ware, AKA
4: Kiwi. After seeing the movie and loving Jab and the Rancor, I really wanted the toys. But unfortunately, they weren't released yet. My mother and father took me to the stores as we searched for all the new figures. Some days we'd find some, and some days we'd just search, but for me it was fun being with my parents and going to all the stores. The summer came and went, and I saw Return of the Jedi over and over again. It was now September 1983, and the new school year had just begun. At recess, a normal elementary school banter was taking place. I had just gotten two more Gamorrean guard figures for my birthday, making my total an impressive four, so of course I had to share this feat with my friends in an attempt to create jealousy and envy. My feeble attempt failed as my best friend Clint informed the table, I got Jabba. Again, this was before the internet, so we had no idea if or when Jabba would be made by Kenner. I quickly retorted to him, No you didn't, he's not out yet. Without proof, I seemed to have won the argument, but his response would put my victory on hold. Come over my house and I'll show you, he said. 3.30, the bell rang, and our long school day was finally over. As always, my mother was there to pick me up, and I informed her I had to go to Clint's house. Once home, I didn't even walk on the door. I just hopped on my bike, and I was off. I raced to Clint's house, jumped off my bike, leaving it laying on his front lawn and the back wheel still spinning. Clint was awaiting my arrival and escorted me through his kitchen, down his hallway, and into his room. There on his dresser, like a trophy on display, was Jabba the Hut with salacious crumb. I stared at it for maybe ten seconds before looking at him, saying, Oh, cool. I promptly turned around and showed myself out, picking my bicycle up, whose tire was still slowly spinning. The entire ride home consisted of devising a way to convince my parents to not only take me to the store, but to buy this expensive $10 toy. At home, the negotiations were short, but apparently successful as we were off to the toy store. On a mission, I led the way through the doors of service merchandise and straight to the toy aisle. We looked around and finally found Jabba hiding in plain sight on a shelf just above my eye level. Little did I know I had only succeeded in part one of the negotiations. We were at the store. They had Jabba. I wanted Jabba. Easy enough, but I got what every kid dreads. Put him on your Christmas list and maybe Santa will bring him. Christmas? Santa? That's more than three months away. An eternity for a kid and even longer for a jealous Star Wars freak who needed Jabba now. Clint had won this round but I'd get my revenge Summer turned to fall and fall into winter And now it was Christmas Eve The family was all over my house As we celebrated my favorite holiday My grandpa always gave me the best presents Usually a top three item on my list As he handed me my gift I knew exactly what it was By the size and weight of the box Wearing my brown plaid shirt And freshly bowl cut hair I ripped into it I finally had my jabber I received a few figures as well that night, and just like every other Christmas, it was perfect. The next morning was more of the same as we walked down the hallway to see gifts exploding out from under the tree. Santa had come. It was a return of the Jedi Christmas with some G.I. Joe and He-Man sprinkled in. Santa made Christmas special not only for me, my brother, and my sister, but for everyone who walked through our giant, green, steel door. My revenge on Clint would come a couple of months after Christmas. Knowing his mistake of making a claim of owning something never seen before without proof, I figured I'd bring the best proof in, the actual item. We were finishing our lunch, getting ready for recess when the time came to let everyone know I was the owner of the Rancor Monster. I was greeted by the usual naysayers, no you don't, let's see, he's not out yet. I, I responded, yes I do, and it's in my backpack in my classroom recess began and we were outside i searched for clint but he was nowhere to be found clint had snuck back into the school snuck into my class which was different from his and into the closet where my backpack was with the rancor he was looking at the rancor for himself revenge was mine
9: Hi, it's Jeremy Reeves, and when it comes to Return of the Jedi figures, I remember being in early preschool, or actually middle preschool, prior to kindergarten, I guess it's called pre-K, not kindergarten, but pre-K, and I got my first Star Wars figures that were Empire Strikes Back figures, but the first Return of the Jedi figures that I remember was actually my sister. We were, I believe we were either at Zares, most people may not remember Zares, or we were at Sears, at the mall, I can't remember which, and my sister bought a Lando Calrissian Skiff Guard outfit. And I thought it was the coolest thing. But I wanted a Yoda, so I got a Yoda. And I remember Mom then took us to Dad's office, and Christina, my sister, was so excited About showing him what she got, she pulled out of her pocket the figure and Lando. And the only thing she had left were his helmet and his weapon. The figure had disappeared. We have no clue what happened to the figure. And, of course, I had Yoda and all his items. I had the brown snake and all. So that was just really cool. But I'll never forget the first figure my sister got was uh, the Lando Skiff outfit. And then her then the next figures after that I recall again my sister got the Princess Leia Bausch. She just loved that. And I got the Princess Leia in Endor. So yeah. So both of us got Princess Leia figures. And then from there we just got different Ewoks and we got the Hansel and Trench Coat. And that was pretty much it. I really didn't get any of the last seventeen figures. But of course they didn't come out until 85 and 83 I was playing with the figures I just hadn't seen the movie Return of the Jedi yet Um, but yeah G.I. Joe took over in 85 and 86 so by uh, 86 Star Wars was going out the door and G.I. Joe was just how how could I say they're just taking over the shelves and Star Wars just kept getting smaller and smaller to the thing I just got like I think they just got a clearance end cap, something like that. But, yeah, I'll just never forget that. Hi, it's Mike DiStefano. And
10: reflecting on the memories of the toys afterwards, seeing the movie and being blown away by the uh, what was the final movie in our Star Wars trilogy come to an end. And just the summer after seeing the movie and, and well into the next year all of the action figures that rolled out. I remember staring for hours at the pegs in Kitty City, Toys R Us, Clover, Best, Bradley's, Sears, wherever we could go to find toys, and just trying to figure out which action figure I would use my allowance money on, Um, and and then more kept coming. And then the really cool memory that uh, is tied to this is my brother six years older than I am. And when the Power of the Force figures came out, I had no idea that they were out there. He uh, he had somehow not only figured out that they were out there, but also bought all of them. And some of those core memories of growing up with my brother were the times when we would carve out what was days to play Star Wars. And so I idolized him. Uh, he seemed to have an endless supply of money from all of the lawns that he cut. And as we were in the waning years of our time together playing, uh, I remember the he reached up into the closet in the room that we shared, and he brought down the majority of the last 17 figures um, at the very end of the line um, and just bringing down Luke in Stormtrooper disguise and Han Frozen in Carbonite and just uh, maybe at the peak of all of my, my older brother at that moment because he kept Star Wars alive. Uh, between the two of us, we were able to put together the full run of all of the figures and that was a, a capstone moment there uh, for us as we finally got so many of the figures that we had wanted for so long. Obviously I leapt over the fact that you know we had new aliens in Jabba's Palace, we had new We had all of the Ewoks, we had new looks on some of the villains, obviously all of our heroes in both the Tatooine outfits and then um, on Endor as well. So uh, really just vivid memories at a core period in my life, and uh, so much tied not only to the movie but also to the action figures and then the vehicles on top of that.
6: Hey, it's Tyler with the Empire State Star Wars Collecting Club. Thinking about Return of the Jedi collectibles in my collection, and there's one figure that stands out to me, and that is the Luke Jedi figure. Um, He is not a first shot, he is not pre production, he is a production figure with a nose rub. But he is one of the very first figures I ever received as a kid, and that uh, prompted me to start collecting. We were visiting some family friends, and they had a kid a couple years older than me who would be the perfect age to have gone through the whole Kenner craze start to finish. Um, but it got into the late 80s and that kind of died off a little bit. And we asked him, he asked me, he's like, do you like Star Wars? And I, I had just very recently to this event seen the trilogy in reverse order, but I had all three movies under my belt. And I said, yes, I love Star Wars. So he got, went to his closet and he, he started dumping out um, this big box of action figures they just started spilling out and he said here I'll give you some of my duplicates so he started putting together a little care package for me he even, he gave me all of his duplicates he even gave me some characters that he didn't have duplicates for it was super generous and um, he said, he said hey, would your parents mind if you had guns for your figures now I was seven or eight at the time my parents were pretty strict about that sort of thing and I had a hunch that If I asked, that would potentially be a problem. So I thought better ask for forgiveness instead of permission. I said, nope, nope, they absolutely will not have a problem with that whatsoever. So he took all of the guns like that had been floating around in his action figure box. He shook them into one corner, into one big pile, just grabbed a pinch of them, and then put them over with the figures he was giving me. And in in that blind grab of weapons happened to be Luke's green saber, his palace blaster, and his cloak. Although I didn't realize at the time that his cloak belonged to him. I thought that was Ben Kenobi's cloak. So Ben Kenobi, for the first couple years of me collecting, was rocking a pretty sweet cloak that didn't belong to him until uh, I finally got my hands on a card back that showed all the different figures and Luke, (laughs) Luke got his cloak back. So, uh, and he's had it to this day. So, um, a lot of the figures I got that day kind of got lost in the sea of my collection as it began to grow. But that Luke Jedi figure with that particular cloak, with that green saber and that particular palace blaster always stayed together and always looks very distinct to me. I could, I could pick them out of a lineup. So Um, It's a special figure to me, and it's still to this day one of my favorites.
11: Hi, this is Blake Minipi from Austin, Texas. My favorite ROTJ collectible is actually a two-parter, sitting there in the same case with each other. The very first is actually what I didn't know was going to be a collectible, but uh, was my very first collectible, which is that iconic Wicket and R2-D2 lunch pail from the 80s. You know, It served me well as a lunch pill when I was a child, and as I got older, it served as my piggy bank for my very first car. The second item I have is an ROTJ original Wicket uh, action figure, and the story behind that is um, my wife's nickname was Swicket. She never knew where that came from, and when we got married, I found out that she had never seen a Star Wars movie. So after she was indoctrinated into Star Wars, uh, we asked her mom, where did that come from? And I never put two and two together, but come to find out, as you can tell, uh, Swicket came from Shayla and Wicket, uh, and it's sitting right here next to my lunch, pal. Thanks for all you do, and keep up the great work. Hey, guys. Jason Hund. So as far as the
12: toys go, my very first vintage figure on card was a 77 back Luke Jedi with a green lightsaber. That was when I uh, first started collecting vintage figures, just continued on from there. Then I remember also getting a Power Force 2 Luke Jedi on the orange card. Always wanted that as a kid, but it was kind of harder to find once I actually got into Star Wars figures to play with when I was a child. It's kind of uh, shifting more onto the green card and episode one. So being able to acquire uh, both of those along with uh, Tan Vest Luke, definitely uh, one of my most fond memories of uh, collecting figures from Return of the Jedi.
1: Hey David, this is Jason Wasolka with the Georgian Alliance of Star Wars Collectors. And when it comes to collectibles, um, when I was a kid, I loved that speeder bike. I would play with the speeder bike, and I thought it was the greatest toy ever because it exploded. You can fly that thing around uh, with the Biker Scout on it and crash it into the couch. Hit the button, and boom, the whole thing would fall apart. You put it back together and play with it again. I—that's I, one toy that I distinctly remember playing with. Just recently, I unearthed uh, some eight-millimeter film of myself when. I was three or four years old opening up a re figure. So uh, one of my goals in life will be to track down a, a re figure on card. I have one, but it's cracked. The bubble's cracked. And uh, uh, I'm looking for something a little bit better to go in the collection. Another collectible that I have uh, is the Action Fleet TIE Interceptor, which is one of my favorite vehicles from that. And uh, I was probably like 13, 14 when that came out. And my brother and I, we both had our... Um, we both collected action fleet, and uh I don't know if people know this, but one of the Thai pilots take his helmet off, and you can see George Lucas and these giant aviators and uh My brother and I thought it was an extremely rare. I thought we we hit the jackpot because uh why would they do that and uh we just got lucky one day, but no that's that's in all the Thai interceptors, so it's something my brother and I still talk about to this day we uh, when we get together, it'll be like, hey, do you remember that George Lucas figure, TIE fighter pilot we we had, and we thought it was, like, super rare, one out of a million, and it just turned out that everybody had it? Um, so we laugh about that. Uh, just recently, a couple years ago, I was able to pick up a first shot Salacious Crumb, who um, is one of my favorite uh, creatures from uh, Star Wars, because I love Kermit the Frog so much, and so, to me, Salacious Crumb is the anti-Kermit the Frog, he's like the evil version, so Um, so to pick up a a first shot Kenner, um, first of all, picking up any kind of first shot Kenner thing is pretty incredible, but to have a character that I truly care about Salacious Crumb, um, I, I love asking people, is he an accessory or is he a character? Because Jabba the Hutt's on the box, not Salacious Crumb. He's more of an accessory, but to me, he's, he's a character. It's Salacious Crumb with Jabba the Hutt. So that's, that's what I got. Um, thank you for letting me be part of this and may the force be with you.
13: Hey, David, um, this is Narayan again um, from Atlanta, Georgia, and I wanted to share a collecting memory about Return of the Jedi. Uh, One in particular deals with one of the focus characters I collect, and this is regarding the Luke Jedi figure. Um, You know, I don't really recall when I bought many figures in, you know, the vintage line, but this one I particularly remember. Uh, I remember getting this card in the store and just being... Just amazed by the um, uh, the card back, how it looked, the figure, how many accessories it came with, and that black outfit that Luke, you know, Luke came in for Return of the Jedi. And I was just, you know, just loved everything about it. And uh, I believe it was the Blue Saber version. I even remember bringing this card back home and you know unlike a lot of cardbacks where i just rip it open this one for some reason i sliced it open you know with a knife or something uh and i still have that now uh still have that original card back very neatly sliced and i even kept the tray for a long time and even used that tray as kind of a substitute and carbonite um kind of um uh stand-in um and uh um, you know, still have my original Luke Jedi figure from when I was a kid, you know, with that original blue saber. And uh, I think the cape was repaired by my mom at some point, uh, the, the little, um, uh, the thread had come, uh, had come loose. But um, uh, I still have it and still one of my favorite figures to this day. Just want to share that? Take care.
5: Hi, it's J.F. and I remember how Return of the Jedi toys came to the market over here in France. Spring 1983, all packaging changed with a return of the Jedi logo and all action figures came with a new rectangular package instead of a square, regular one we used to know. My dad, who came back from a business trip from Hong Kong in November 1983, came back with almost all the first 17 Jedi figures, plus Nikto, who was already available with a blister card in that part of the world. Christmas 1983 was definitely a massive Star Wars toy time. In the early 90s, when I started to make contact by mail with other fans in America, I was lucky enough to buy Revenge of the Jedi proof cards. We used to call them blank cards at the time, as I was looking for card to add next to my action figures collection. But thanks to Steve Denny, who got me those wonders that I'm so happy to have for over 33 years. So many good souvenirs are connected to Kenna Toy. This is why we are still collecting them today.
14: Hi, my name is Chava Oropesa. Since I mentioned that Return of the Jedi was my, one of my favorite movies, uh, obviously collecting toys from Return of the Jedi became also a little bit of an obsession. Um, when I was six and seven-year-old, I, um, my father gave me one of the Jabba play sets. And that became one of my precious possessions. I kept all my toys well into my adulthood. Um, when I turned 30, I still had all my toys. I moved to the U.S. and I kept my toys in my mom's house Um, with the idea of bringing them back in with me to the U.S. But unfortunately, they all got stolen. Um, So that was really heartbreaking for me and kind of tough. I still have a little bit of (laughs) bad nightmares of learning that my toys were stolen, um, which is kind of funny. But then I decided to start collecting again, the Black Series, and the very first toy I got was the Black Series, uh, Jabba the Hot. And, f- and since then, I've been going at it. Uh, obviously, that when the barge came out, I was immediately jumped at the opportunity of getting one, and I did get one, and I have it displayed at my home, um, along with the rest of my collection which keeps growing and growing and um makes me so incredibly happy to see them and um but i still have a little bit of a broken heart that my original collection um is gone but again return of the jedi, if the jedi has has been a huge part of me until now um, thanks for listening
15: Hi, uh, this is Thomas Dickinson. Uh, my Return of the Jedi toy story is... Uh, so, I first saw Return of the Jedi in like, 1990, 1991. I was born in 1984, so I kind of missed everything in theaters and missed everything in toy stores. Anyways, you know, as a six-year-old in 1990 watching Return of the Jedi and the other Star Wars movies, I, I wanted the toys in unfortunately they just weren't really available unless i went to like comic shops or collector shops and i i don't know my parents thought i was too young to do that at six uh, for some reason Um, and also the toys were expensive for toys um and so like there was a while where my meager allowance wouldn't allow me to really purchase any star wars toys Um, and I think it was around, like, 1993, maybe sometime between 92 and 93, um, I remember going into my local, uh, Woolworths, uh, we had a Woolworths, and I don't even think there's a Woolworths in Canada anymore, um, but I remember they had one peg that was filled with return of the Jedi toys like it blew my mind and I remember I went to get my mom and in the time that I had went to go and get her someone had snapped up the Luke I distinctly remember there being a Luke there and it wasn't there when I came back and the one that was left I think it was like a Klaatu in a weak way or something. And my mom looked at them and was just like, ew, gross. I don't want you having these. And so I didn't get them. But that, that is, uh, probably one of my earliest memories of encountering Star Wars toys, not just in the wild, but like anywhere. Um, and by anywhere, I mean like collector's shops and specialty shops um but yeah that that uh i know it sounds weird for it to be in a a store in 1992 to 1994 but i guess they had like old stock that they never sold and it got buried under a bunch of boxes or something i don't know um anyways that's that's my return of the jedi toy story
16: This is Dave Brat from Cincinnati, Ohio, calling with a return of the Jedi memory. This one is just from last year, um, right after Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, in which uh, my nephew, his girlfriend, and I uh, joined several members of the Sarlacc, uh, Seattle, Washington, collecting community, uh, right after Um, star wars celebration anaheim and we drove down to buttercup valley down um, near the border of california and arizona and mexico i believe um and we uh went out uh we got some vans went to the national park there i remember i think it was memorial day itself so everything was closed and we hiked out to uh, the filming location for the Sarlacc battle in Return of the Jedi. Um, and quite a hike it was. I have pictures if there's a way to share those with the podcast. Um, but uh, we um, went over dunes and hiked for quite a while. Um, it took a lot of water with us. Um, it was absolutely the kind of place you could get lost. But our intrepid leader, Tom Stewart, had been there before and knew exactly where to go. And... Um, We went out to the exact filming location, and this is also a toy memory because I took with me the new skiff uh, from uh, the vintage collection, Uh, not the barge. If I could have lugged the barge out there, I would have, but I lugged the skiff out there with a few action figures and set them up right in the sand and uh, took some great shots, which I still have, of the toys in the location where they filmed the scene that inspired the toys. Um, We uh, uh, were out there long enough to take some pictures, and on our way back, a park ranger came out in a four-wheel drive. Vehicle and uh, kind of uh, scolded us for being out in the middle of nowhere, so close to the border with Mexico, um, very close, like less than half a mile. And um, <laughs> I guess it's not uh, technically illegal to do, but uh, obviously with no park services open that day and no one that knew we were there, uh, I could see a little bit of his consternation. And uh, we said, uh, you know, if if uh, if you want, you could give us a ride back if you do not love us out here. And he said, enjoy your hike back. So. We uh, hiked the rest of the way out, and uh, it was quite a great memory. I have a lot of great memories from that day. So, Return of the Jedi Memory, uh, Dave Brott, Cincinnati, Ohio.
2: Hey, David. Joel Slater again. So, my favorite Jedi piece has to be my Made in Mexico, Menon Card Darth Vader. So, the piece itself, there's a lot of them out there. They're pretty common, but mine has some extra special meaning to me. It was one of the first men on cards I ever bought and I purchased it at the earth in Cincinnati in around 2000, which for anybody who was ever, whoever went there was familiar with the store knows it was a pretty special store back in those days. And it's one of the pieces, um, that I've had the longest in my collection. And in, Around 2006, 2007, when I kind of slowed down on collecting and got out of it for a little while, I had sold off some stuff, and that one I just kind of packed away, and I was like, nah, I don't want to get rid of that. So it's a beautiful piece. I actually had it graded um, not too long ago. I was really hoping for an 85 on it. It came back an 80+, plus which is good enough for me. I'm I'm fine with that. But I've just always loved this piece, and it's one of those pieces that I will never part with.
3: Hi, this is Chris Majeski. Toy-wise, uh, you know, I I, I was I had the toys as a kid. You know, I was born in 73. The first movie I saw was Star Wars, so right away I was buying the toys. I can remember doing uh, construction work with my dad, you know, just small stuff as a kid, but he would pay me by taking me to the store to let me pick out one or two Star Wars action figures. And I remember uh, that's pretty cool. But for Return of the Jedi, honestly, the, the best memory I have is more recent. And that's because, you know i don't remember much about the jet return of the jedi stuff that i had as a kid to be honest with you but you know i had my stuff and then i started to sell it off so i got older i got into gi joes and transformers and kind of transitioned around all those different uh, toy lines uh of course as i got older that stuff got sold in yard sales which yeah i wish that wouldn't happen but you know early 2000s late 90s i began collecting again you know being kind of an adult at that point uh I, I had the money to do it, so I began to start collecting toys. Um, right now, I buy, sell, trade, collect. You know, I work at our local Comic-Con. Um, I think I have the biggest Star Wars toy collection in the prefecture of Okinawa in Japan. Uh, not sure on that, though. I just assume. Um, so here's the thing. You know, I'll be picking up lots here and there, and I remember getting a lot with a couple of speeder bikes in it and one of the speeder bikes was intact in good condition It's the original vintage return of the jedi and i knew one of them was broken but i've always kind of got that idea of, well i can fix it and i you know i do do a lot of that as well i would get in broken toys and fix those up but uh i remember the speeder bike the little latch that holds it uh together so when you push that button in the back it blows up and the guy goes flying around um i remember that latch that little hook that little l piece was broken off i'm like there's no way i can fix that But I kept all the pieces. And it was a strange thing because, you know, in Japan, Star Wars is popular, but it's not like a lot of the regular Japanese toy lines like, you know, Gundam and Macross and things like that. Those are predominant in here when it comes to vintage toys, you know, things like Ultraman and all that. But Star Wars is around. And I go through a lot of, you know, resale shops, recycle shops, stuff like that. And I remember thinking maybe I'll find a speeder bike with the other broken pieces I can cannibalize i was going i was in tokyo going through a uh, a place called jungle hobby up in akihabara and i looked into a display case and there was that one piece i only piece of vintage speeder bike they had and there it was it was sitting right there and it was like 300 yen which if the yen rates 100 yen of the dollar that's like three dollars so i looked at that i just could not believe my luck i remember grabbing it and uh You know, I had to get out of the case. I grabbed it, took it up to the counter, paid for it. And I couldn't wait to get back to Okinawa to get into my vintage stuff and actually piece this thing together because there's always that little bit of doubt that Oh, it's not going to work. But no, it worked. The thing's intact. It's sitting in one of my display cases right now. Uh, Rebuilt that speeder bike. Um, That was a really cool memory. That was one of the uh, speeders from Return of the Jedi. You know, now I got a lot of the toys. I'm picking up a lot of the... uh, Job the Huts, Denzines, or whatever you want to call those guys. Um, there's some really cool stuff out there I'm really digging on, but uh, it's just an ongoing process. You know, one day it's this, one day it's that, it everything really changes. Um, a lot of my stuff, uh, more vintage, uh, more modern, so Return of the Jedi pops up once in a while. It's kind of an opportunistic thing. When I see it, I grab it. I got a local guy down here at. Uh, one of my five hundred first members runs a place called Toys A, and he sometimes has, you know, some of the, the the sail barge guys in there, so I'll pick up, you know, those when I can find them. But that's pretty much my best memory is finding that piece of speeder bike. So, hope that was good. Y'all take care. Hi, David. This is Alon Bartlett
17: sharing a Return of the Jedi collecting memory, and that is that as an adult when I. Got into collecting, I realized that people had a character focus and thought, who is the most obscure character with the smallest part uh, that's still kind of cool uh, that I could pick? And what occurred to me was Admiral Akbar. So I made him my focus character, really, because of the premise if I was to get things from all different categories, not just action figures, but shampoo bottles and bookmarks and uh, apparel, et cetera, that if I tried to get every single Admiral Ackbar thing ever made, it would be a lot easier than, say, going after Chewbacca, rtt 2 Luke, or Leia. So I did that, and... Uh, Back in 1999, when Star Wars Insider magazine was on issue 38, they had an article called The Top 20 Star Wars Characters, and coming in at number 16 was Admiral Ackbar, with a number of quotes from people, including me. They don't credit my name, but uh, I'm the one saying I'm the only person I know who considers Ackbar to be his favorite character. Since he isn't the most popular character, there's a limit to what I can collect. That's for me. All right, everybody, enjoy. Bye bye. Hello,
18: Jeffrey Maselli. and, um, just wanted to tell you the account that I had back in, in uh, was it March or May of 1984? Uh, I had sent a letter to Howard Kazanjian, the producer of Return of the Jedi, and asked him for, um, I was a kid at the time, but I asked him about storyboards that were for sale, if I could possibly buy my favorite scenes, which were the sail barge and Han Solo being decarbonized. And um, I didn't expect to hear anything back. I was a kid, and uh, lo and behold, several weeks later, I get a manila envelope, which I still have the envelope and the letter and the storyboards. But the um, in the letter, Mr. Kazanjian was nice to write, and he sent the uh, explanation of why storyboards were not for sale by Lucasfilm. But he, however, Xeroxed, two scenes from the movie that I had asked about and sent them to me for free. And they were Xerox copies, which didn't matter to me. They were from him. And the letter was autographed by him, but it was a nice account that he was able to, uh, to answer me. It kind of threw me off because the title of it was only the header uh, paper. It was uh, Magic Lantern Productions. So I guess that was Mr. Kazanjian's production company. But uh, 1984 is when I got him, and of course that was right around the time of Temple of Doom. Um, so Indiana Jones was in full swing at that time. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was a very nice, uh, very nice act on his part, nice gesture. And um, of course, like I said, I was a kid writing. I would, I was famous with my friends for writing to these uh, actors and and people that uh, made the movies and uh people would uh, laugh at me because I would send these letters out and I got responses and uh several responses and uh, from Star Wars Mark Hamill um sent a autographed picture uh, that was actually autographed it wasn't a, one of those auto pens or anything um but it it was nice it was a nice gesture and it uh It 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 still is in my cabinet today. I look at it and smile as I walk by because I remember those uh, scenes are my favorite scenes of the movie. And here I got uh, they're copies, but they're all copies anyway. So it was nice. Um, But I figured I'd share that little story about that because um, it was something that was uh, odd, you know, that uh, he probably thought this young kid at the time sending a letter asking for something like that. Most people don't think of that, at least at 12, 13 years old anyway.
19: Hi, David. It's Alan Roy again. So my story about Return of the Jedi figures are, well, it all stemmed from two figures. Uh, so when episode one came out, I started collecting the figures and all the other kind of bits and bobs. My cousin, who was a few years older than me, he had some of the original figures, and I'm not entirely sure if he gave me them, or I maybe stole them. But <laughs> either way, I ended up with a Weequay and uh, a Bib Fortuna. So when I was 12 years old I got them. They were floating about my bedroom for years. When I fell away for toys, they never, ever seemed to disappear. For some reason, they too always seemed to stay in the room. Uh, through giving away a load of my toys Which I regret So many toys That I gave away That I would love to still still own now I gave away to folk um, And just binning a lot of stuff They too seem to escape the cull And still got weak weight to this day Sadly yak uh, Yak face Sadly my big Fortuna Has went missing Uh don't know where he's went If he's still in my mum's house If he's got lost and moved here If he's ended up in a bin I don't know But I've still got that week way So I started listening to a lot of audiobooks and work And I decided to try and get into the expanded universe I'm not really a big fan of non-fiction books um, Sorry, fiction books I like my history books But I thought I'd give them a listen So I listened to the Thrawn series first And well, that threw my head first into them Timothy Zahn is an incredible writer, by far the best character in Star Wars as Thrawn. But through listening to them, I decided to have a wee change and I thought I'll have a look to see what podcasts are out there. And that's when I came across Prototypes in Production. I listened to one episode that was quite far on. Say It was run about January last year, January 2022. I listened and I ended up going back and listening to every one of your podcasts, one after another. And well, thanks to you, I've got a lot less in my bank account. Thank you very much, Mr Quinn. You have cost me a fortune in the last year, but I wouldn't change it for a thing. So in my year of collecting, I've ended up in so many groups on Facebook. I've since joined the 501st Scottish Garrison, Imperial Scottish Garrison, I'm in the 5th Legion, the 99th Legion I'm in the Empire State Collectors Group And so See, I'm over here I've joined so many communities of people and I've never felt more welcome What an awesome bunch of humans that are in the Star Wars community See, so the amount of people I've met that have sent me things for free sent me patches for free because I decided to start collecting patches because I clearly don't like having any space in my house Sent me free patches for all over the world. Um, I've had people throw in extra stuff with figures because they knew I was a new collector. Just an awesome bunch of people. Never met a bunch of people more helpful. Say, with uh, so the 504 guys, I was a wee bit dubious with them. But a lovely bunch of people. Every time you see them, it's big smiles and hugs, and uh, you feel like part of a big family. Uh, it's just awesome to find a bunch of other people that is dedicated to Star Wars as I've ended up being as you know we're making the costumes the masks, the props and stuff that I've started doing so thank you very much Mr Quinn for welcoming me to this community you were one of the first people to talk to me on one of the posts funnily enough Uh, you said to me go listen to your podcast and then I told you it was your podcast that caused all this so thank you very much and I'll always keep listening Hello,
12: everyone. This is Jonathan Peck from the Northeast Star Wars Collector's Club. And we are still celebrating the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. And besides being such a great film, there's also lots of great merchandise that was made for the film. And uh, if you listen to this podcast, um, I'm going to say probably the canner merchandise was your favorite. And that was the favorite for my brother and I. Uh, we love the action figures, the play sets, the vehicles. So when we saw the Luke Jedi and Leia's Bausch and Lando Skiff for the first time in the stories, this was really, really exciting to us. And on the back of the package to see these two figures were blocked out with this black airbrush. We want to know, you know, what do these characters look like? We found out, you know, uh, what these Ewoks look like. I remember my brother coming home with cheap chirpa for the first time. And, you know, so we got to see all this, uh, which was really great to have this, you know, hidden, you know, just because there was no internet. You couldn't find out what this stuff looked like. So that was really, really cool as a child growing up like this and to have that sense of mystery and, you know, love the figures. But as I was getting older, by the time the Power of the Forest line came out, I wasn't really playing with the the figures as much. Only had uh, Luke Pancho, and that was about it. So once I got in high school, I was still like reading comic books, and at the comic book store they had Toy Shop, this publication where it was just all basically classifieds and you know advertisements for action figures. So. I saw that I could buy these action figures that I didn't have anymore or didn't have to begin with because I stopped buying from a certain toy line. So Star Wars is one of them. So I got to buy some items online. And besides that, I go to... Um, toy shows. Before toy shows, I the to backtrack. I had to go to a Star Trek convention, actually, to buy my first carded uh, Power of the Force figure. So that was the only place in my area that had Star Wars merchandise was a Star Trek convention, believe it or not. I know it's blasphemy to a lot of people, but that's how it was. There was only comic book and baseball card shows in my area, and shops. There was no store selling, you know, any type of collectible toys except for one. But that was like, a you know, hit or miss to actually find anything there, you know. Um, and they did actually this toy. It was called Collector's Castle in Wallingford, Connecticut. And like I said, it was hit or miss. You never knew what you were going to get. But he actually had a Polish carded figure of Imperial Gunner. In the early 90s, which I thought his story was fake. I didn't even believe it was real at the time. So that's kind of a really funny story. I'm sure a lot of collectors to hear that that was uh, something that was actually available to me. And at the time in the early 90s, he wanted $250. So think about that. $250 back then for a carded uh, Imperial Gunner, uh, Polish figure. So that's pretty hilarious, uh, and that was just uh, insane money back then, especially uh, when uh, <laughs> you're making minimum wage in the '90s. So to hear that was uh, pretty crazy. But because of this, uh, still collect to this day. I, you know, have my lulls on and off, and but with Return of the Jedi, uh, I came across uh, a. Ranker Keeper, Proto-Molded Figure. That was the first prototype I really got. And this was uh, at, a, at Atlantic, Atlantic City, it was called. Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, and came across that, uh, saw it, and I was just like, okay, you know. Bought it and still have it to this day. And that was... Uh, I'm not sure what year that was, maybe 98 or so. And uh, went with uh, other fellow collectors uh, Rob Johnson, uh, Ron Salvatore, Rob Amateas, still talk to this day. And uh, it's really just that's a whole other realm of collecting the prototypes and the proof cards, which I've learned a lot from other collectors over the years. And it's still just fascinating to me, the whole production process, the behind the scenes and learning, you know, what was unreleased. So, uh, and I have to mention, since this is Return of the Jedi, I mentioned Rancor Keeper and I got to mention Prune Face. So if I see any unusual Prune Face items, uh, I got to get them. I mean, I still buy these... uh Polish prune face figures, if they come up, they become a hot item now. This lame character, people used to make fun of me when they buy. Now other people have got competition now for this lame character. So, um, yeah. So, uh, just want to celebrate again, 40 years of Return of the Jedi with all the listeners. And let's all celebrate together. We're going to, we're going to drink, uh, this is, we're going to drink, you know, we're not going to drink an alcoholic beverage, we're going to drink that juice, you know, uh, that's in uh, Jabba's, um, that, the slime, that, that, that green liquid that he keeps those frogs in, we're going to drink that together, put that in a champagne glass, we're going to drink that together and salute 40 years of Return of the Jedi.
20: Hey David, it's Sam. Sam's from the West Virginia Star Wars Collectors Club. Thanks again for having me join your celebration of the 40th anniversary of return of the Jedi. Um, talking about the the toys and the memories of collecting and playing with the uh, uh, Return of the Jedi line of toys, um, you know, first my first thought would be, you know, what a what a fantastic toy line it was. I mean, thinking back to what you know what had come out in you know, the lack of, of toys in 77. And then, you know, remembering the kind of Christmases of 78, 79 and 80 with, uh, Empire Strikes Back. And then, you know, by the time Return of the Jedi came around, I, um, I was in the third grade and, you know, that's, that's perfect, uh, perfect time for, for Santa to bring a lot of, of, uh, Christmas toys. And I remember, um, my brother and I, uh, who it's my stepbrother, and we're the same age. So, uh, oftentimes at Christmas we would kind of get one big, big Christmas gift to share. And I remember um, that particular year we we got the Ewok Village. And um, I remember my my two older brothers, who by that by that time, you know, they were uh, in I don't know probably. I don't know, either finishing up middle school or, or, or a freshman in high school, and and so they were too old to get toys, and uh, my brother and I still got you know toys for Christmas, and they're opening up clothes, and and we're opening up uh, uh, the Ewok Village and you know a couple of Ewok figures to go with them, and and I, I think I think uh, uh, my older brother Ron in particular probably played with the Ewok Village uh, as much if or or more than we did that uh, that morning, but. Um, Anyway, so you know the toys obviously you know uh, are what um, kind of keep us all uh, involved in our in our love of the Star Wars films and and that Ewok village is especially um, uh, meaningful to me. Uh, one because you know it, it was expensive too, and um, you know for for then and and as I now that I'm a I'm a parent and and I can appreciate you know having to. Uh, Make a living enough to to you know buy your kids nice nice gifts and things. You know it's it's probably just now that I'm realizing what a what a special gift that Ewok Village was. So um, and I you know I, I wish I could say I still had my the original Ewok Village. I'm, I'm not one of those uh, collectors that that are lucky enough to still have their original toys. Um, mine mine uh, went away at a yard sale many many moons ago. Probably to, to help buy transformers or GI Joes or something like that, but but um, uh, that was one of the when I started collecting toys again. That was one of the first um, play sets that I, I purchased was the Ewok Village, and and it was it was just for that reason as to kind of what a special uh, Christmas that was to to get that Ewok Village. So um, yeah, it's probably my my favorite uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, toy memory and, and experience. Um, yeah, as an adult collector, um, Yak Face was, was the last, was the last figure I needed to complete my, my loose, uh, run of of loose, complete Star Wars figures. And, and, uh, I remember when, when I got back into the hobby and, and kind of saw the figure, I, I, I definitely don't remember seeing it as a kid. Um, but when I saw the figure, I'm like, you know, where was that thing from? And I remember going back and watching Return of the Jedi and, and looking for the, the two or three scenes that, that he appeared in and was like, oh, okay, there he is. So, yeah, I definitely need to get that figure. But um, So that's, that's kind of the adult uh, the adult uh, memory there for, for Return of the Jedi was, was you know, picking up that last figure I needed to complete my loose run. Um, you know, it was a yak face and I got it at the Cincinnati toy show. Um, gosh, I don't know. It was probably five years ago, six years ago. So, um, and I still have it. I got it graded and it, it got an 85. So, um, so I was able to find a nice one and, and I'm very thankful to have it. And that's, that's one that'll definitely never leave my collection. So, um, Anyway, David, I, I appreciate you putting this uh, retrospective together, and thanks again for, for inviting me to share some some thoughts and memories of Return of the Jedi, and I hope you're, you and your family are doing well, and I uh, look forward to seeing you at a convention or toy show here later this year. Have a great day.
18: My name is Jeffrey Maselli, and from Baltimore, Maryland, I forgot to include that the last time. And uh, this is my last memory that I'll, I'll bother you guys with. But I can remember going into Toys R Us because I had the the sales lady at Toys R Us. I was a kid. I gave her our house phone while I was at school. She would continuously call me and let me know when new figures came in. She would pull them out of the case and set them aside and call my grandmother while I was at school. And, uh, say, yeah, and tell Jeffrey we got some more in. And, uh, and I remember that when I got home, we went right to Toys R Us. We didn't even go home. We went right from school out to Toys R Us because she said they had just gotten in the Return of the Jedi figures. So we went out there, my grandmother and I, and uh, picked up Luke Skywalker. And Princess Leia had her helmet on. I remember that vividly, but... You know, memories get distorted, so, you know, sometimes you just don't... You th- you think of well, one thing, but it did, really didn't happen. But I remember for the life of me that I got the the Return of the Jedi Bounty Hunter Boosh, and the helmet was on, and when I opened the package up and took the helmet off, it was Princess Leia. And I, I, I want to know, does anybody else remember that? Because I think maybe the first run of that figure back in 1983 was the helmet was the one so it didn't reveal the secret in the in the movie excuse me but anyway um my figures that I picked up the first one was Luke Jedi the bounty hunter boosh and I remember Chewbacca I think Chewbacca um those two for sure I know of I can remember for the return of the Jedi line, land of the and skiff car was was very tough to find. I had to go to KB Toys, which was for me unheard of because it was always Toys R Us. But yeah, the uh, the lady at Toys R Us called, and she would call you know quite frequently, and uh, say that when they got two or three figures at a time, they would that would be released. And uh, we went out and picked them up, and uh, I can remember that to this day. Stopping at the grocery store after, and uh, and uh, pulling these out of the out of the package, and of course decimating the package, which now is unheard of. But uh, and then, um, and I actually did have to go back and buy a real vintage Luke Skywalker in the package because that was just a iconic figure but um but that was a memory that uh I'll, I'll have that actually spanned from from the empire strikes back and return of the jedi on up through indiana jones when that came out that uh i wish i knew that lady's name i don't know if she's even alive to this day but she was so nice and uh they, they went out of her way to help me And she would call and talk to my grandmother and let her know, "Oh yeah, we got new ones to come in. They're on the side, so just uh, come in when you can." So that was uh, that was customer service at its finest back then. Thank you.
0: for joining me for this very special celebration of 40 years of Return of the Jedi. I hope hearing these stories and recollections of times past reminded you of how special the film was and is and the lasting legacy it has had over the decades. I'd like to sincerely thank Alon Bartlett, Dave Brott, Jared Clark, Mike DiStefano, Thomas Dickinson, Tyler Fedigan, Jason Hund, Chris Majeski, Blake Menifee, Jeremy Maselli, Narayan Nike, Fonz Napolitano, Chava Oropesa, John Peck, Jeremy Reeves, Jean-Francois Roland, Alan Roy, Sam Sams, Joel Slater, Jason Wasuko, and Keith Ware. Your stories brought me back to an age where cardboard rolls became lightsabers, bedsheets were cloaks, and the force surrounded us and guided us. And they continue to highlight the magic that comes from collecting as adults and experiencing adventures together. So thank you for sharing them today. And the celebration of Star Wars is a daily one. One that I hope will continue for decades to come. And I hope to continue the celebration of Return of the Jedi and of all things from the galaxy George Lucas first designed here on Star Wars Prototypes and Production.